Blog Talk Radio. bombarded with images of ecstatic people living lavish lives. And they're reading everything from happy Facebook posts of friends having the most wonderful experiences 
to celebrities living the life of Riley in their mansions on the islands they own. It seems everybody else is living the dream but me, right? And what if there was a way for the average person to have it all? What if we were able to break free from our old beliefs so we can have everything our hearts desire? Is that even a remote possibility? It is. And we're going to learn more about it in just a few minutes. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. We're going to hear one more song and then we'll start the show, so hold on. Thank you for loving me. 
Good evening, everyone, and welcome back. My guest is the Amazon and Barnes & Noble number one best-selling author of Emergence, Seven Steps for Radical Life Change, Mr. Derek Rydell. His diverse background includes training top executives at Fortune 500 companies, including American Express and the Walt Disney Company, in empowered leadership and communications, and coaching celebrities and media professionals, including Oscar and Emmy winners, on creating conscious entertainment. As a Huffington Post contributor, frequent podcast guest, and the host of his own top-rated emergence podcast, he shares cutting-edge spiritual principles and success strategies to achieve financial freedom and abundance, master productivity and creativity, and gain true wealth and happiness. And he is joining us tonight to discuss his most recent book, The Abundance Project, 40 Days to More Wealth, health, love, and happiness. Welcome to the show, Derek. Thank you so very much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Oh, thank you so much. It's really my honor and pleasure to be here, truly, truly. And, you know, I am being, I am being fully. (laughs) (laughs) You are. I have followed you on various webinars that you have done um, over the past few years, and your work is phenomenal. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) So, you know, you have somebody here who's definitely in your corner, and I love what you do. Now, your first book, Emergence, great book, wonderful. Then you decided to write this particular book, The Abundance Project. What made you decide to do that? Was there a catalyst toward doing that? Yeah, you know, to make more money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) The the, um, the emergence, you know, was a journey for me of, like so many people, struggling for years to improve and fix and change and heal and achieve and attract, only to discover after years of that, the only thing I'd achieved and attracted and improved was my ability to, you know, articulate why I was screwed up much better and feel much worse about myself. So um, I realized that that wasn't working. And after a series of near-death experiences, a couple of them, I really had a profound cracking open. And I saw that this guy I was trying to fix, change, heal, improve, et cetera, was really a, a figment of my imagination, a fiction of parental fantasy and societal conditioning and peer pressure and all that, and that nothing I would ever do would ever make him enough and or make mm-hmm. him safe or anything. And that right behind him, I became aware of this other self that had never been damaged or hurt. So it didn't need to be fixed and it was already whole and complete. So it actually could not be improved. And it was such a radical shift that I basically tried to become a monk because the shift was so profound and that didn't work out too well either. I was a very terrible monk. (laughs) And um, even after a week of silence and fasting, I broke into the monk's kitchen and stole food out of the refrigerator in the middle of the night. So they were kind of like, maybe the the monastery is not quite right for you, my son. Um, And I sort of cloistered myself in my apartment, made my own little monastery and went on this inner journey and discovered that, Just like the oak tree is already in the acorn and it doesn't need to attract or achieve or earn anything, when the conditions are right, when it surrenders to the soil, its true nature emerges. The oak, the perfect pattern already in the seed, emerges when the conditions match its seed pattern. 
And I realize the same is true for us. There's a seed of truth and potential and power within us. And when we align ourselves with it so that we become the right condition for that seed, it emerges. And that changed my whole life. I went from being broke and broken and suicidal and living off of 19 cents boxes of macaroni and cheese to ultimately living in, you know, million dollar homes and traveling the world and building a global transformational business. But along the way, I began to see there was something specifically around abundance that was happening for me and for others. And it was a particular aspect of the emergence framework. And that's called give what appears missing. And it's all about the law of circulation. And as I began to specifically unpack that, I created a whole program and work around it called Awaken Wealth. And I watched as people did it, they began to experience wealth and abundance in the areas where their life had stagnated. And that it really, really, really worked. And not just for money, but as I expanded it, I realized that the same principle of abundance worked in every area, health, wealth, work, relationships, et cetera. And that's why I wrote the book, The Abundance Project. And it is a great book. And I think one of the things that you just stated was the law of circulation, which I had never heard of before. And I thought, wow, that is a really cool it's cool to know that there is a law out there about the law of circulation because to me it's almost like, you know, you get what you give. Is that kind of like the gist of it? Yeah, that really is the gist of it. I mean, basically the law of circulation says that you cannot give what you don't have. And at first that seems like a conundrum, but what it's really saying is you have to first give whatever you don't think you have to yourself. Right? It's the old oxygen mask in the air, airplane analogy. When the masks fall, put it on yourself first, not on the other person, or you'll pass out and you'll be no good to them because you can't give them what you don't have. If you don't have air, you can't help them have air. So you've got to first give it to yourself. You cannot give what you don't have. But then once you have it, you cannot keep what you have unless you give it away. You have to circulate it. You have to give it out. Otherwise, it stagnates. And then finally, you have to be willing to receive. So if you're willing to, you have to first have, you have to give it to yourself. You have to then give what you have in order to keep it. And then you have to be willing to receive it to sustain it. That's a complete cycle or a complete circuit. And breath is the most obvious analogy to that. If you just breathe out all day, you'll die. Actually, just within a minute, if you just breathe in for a long time, you'll die. If you breathe in and breathe out, but you don't receive more air back in, you'll die. You need all three. And that's a perfect model of the core circuitry of all of creation. Wherever there's stagnation, one of those three pieces is missing. It's a broken circuit. And so wherever there's stagnation in your life, there's a broken circuit, meaning there's not enough, whatever. There's a broken circuit. And I show people how to diagnose where are those broken circuits, how to repair them, so that you can turn the swamp back into an oasis. And one of the things that you, you just mentioned, and it was confusing to me when I read it in your book, and I think I have it now, but I'm not really sure, <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't keep what what you don't give. You can't keep what you don't give. Yes. And I think that's what you're talking about right now, yes? Yeah, so for example, if you have a body of pure water and you close the outlet and the inlet, what does that body of water eventually turn into? It either dries up and becomes a dry creek bed or it turns into a stagnant swamp. And then what happens to the land around it? It starts to die. The animals start coming. It turns into swampland because it's not circulating. There's no outlet and there's no inlet. If there's just an outlet, it'll drain and be empty. If there's just an inlet, it'll overflow and flood. And if there's no inlet or outlet, it'll turn into a swamp. You need all three pieces. And so if you have love, for example, let's just say you're in a relationship and there doesn't appear to be enough love and you've been trying to get love, get love, get love, and eventually you get pissed off and you just like, fine, I resign. I'm never going to get love from her or him. And I'm just going to take care of myself. And I'm going to just love myself and do what I want. Now you start being filled up with what appears to be love, but I'm not going to give it to him. I'm not going to give until he gives it to me. What starts to happen to that love? It starts to turn mm. into a swamp. It starts to become selfishness. It starts to become resentment, bitterness, anger. And so you have to circulate it. And when you circulate it, you tap into one of the greatest truths, which is that the source of the love or whatever it is was always in you. And the source is infinite and inexhaustible. And the more you are circulating it within this circuit, you realize that in order to have more and more and more of love or any quality, you have to keep finding ways to give more and more and more of it, first to yourself and then to the other. And you find that there's no limit to how much territory that love or that joy or that beauty or that abundance can start to take over. When you realize I am the source and it is inexhaustible, I'm going to give it to myself, fill myself up, and then now I'm going to start giving it to others. And it just becomes more and more and more with no end. And that is the limitlessness that we all are and the yeah. fact that we have these core beliefs where we limit ourselves. And that's the shame of it all. Everybody seems to kind of limit based on, you know, what society has told us, parents, teachers, siblings, friends, whatever it is, coworkers, bosses. It, we, we all put these limits on ourselves. But as you stated, there are these um, the giving, and you have seven abundance activators, which I'm hoping I'm getting this right, which are the the giving principles, if I can call them that, correct? Yeah, I also call them the seven gifts. And so when you realize yes. that ultimately everything is within you, that the real substance and nature of creation, whether it's money, relationships, jobs, whatever, the substance of it is invisible. It's spirit or energy or consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And it's infinite and inexhaustible, and it's within you. And so once you really get that is the foundation, which is all, what all the great masters taught. You know, when Jesus is talking to the people, and they're like, when are we going to get food and clothes and this and that? And he goes, stop worrying about all that. Go within yourself. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and make your connection. 
He said, and it's righteousness. He says, and then all those things will be added on to you. So all the masters, Buddha, everybody, taught it's all within you. And its nature is invisible or, or, or spirit or consciousness. And then the next logical question goes, how do I get it out of me? <laughs> how do I start to have more yeah. of it? And you have to make a reversal here. I call it the great reversal, which is there is nothing out there for you. Everything is in here. And we've been taught that the way to have more is to go out and get more or achieve more or attract more or pull more to us or just wait and wait and wait for more or just make ourselves better and better and better until we're worthy of more. All of those are false. It's not out there. The way to have more is whatever's missing is what you're not giving, what you're not bringing, what you're not letting, what you're not sharing. And so the next question is, okay, you start to notice where you're waiting, where you're struggling, pushing, manipulating, controlling, all of that, and you stop and you identify what's the quality that's missing and you start to find a way to start circulating it first to yourself and then to the other, to the area where you believe it's missing. And even if you're not sure what that is, you can use this particular framework of the seven gifts or the seven abundance activators. And they are giving out, giving away, giving up, giving in, giving thanks, giving to yourself, and forgiving. And I can go through one or more of those if you'd like to know what those seven gifts or seven activators are. I think so because there's uh, I, I resonate with all of them and the biggest thing to me in my life uh, to change things around is gratitude. I, when I go and teach at colleges, um, I teach as part of the STEM program. I'm the science part. And the first thing I say to the kids is, do you know what the secret of life is? And inevitably, because they're college kids, and no offense, guys, but there's a lot of guys in the class, they always say sex. And it's like, no, good, you know, I hear that all the time. You're not shocking me. <laughs> no, you know. And I tell them at the end of it all, when we're all done, everything's over, I tell them it's gratitude. Because if you have gratitude and you can feel that, that's the fuel that you need to live from your heart. So that works for me. But I think that the, the giving out, giving away, giving up, giving in, yeah, let's go through because I think people Absolutely. need to hear this. I think it's really important. So thank you for that. Yeah, and, and it's because just being grateful is awesome, but it's not everything. It's not the only right. gift. And the reason is is because there are multiple channels within us where the giving expresses. Just like there are seven chakras, there's different qualities of energy, and they all need to be lit up. If you just have the heart chakra open and, and it's pouring out, but your throat chakra is closed, you won't be able to express the love. Or if your you know, sixth chakra is closed, you won't have wisdom of how to be the love and on and on. So you need all of them opened and all of them flowing. And so um, the first one giving out is based around the, the specific kind of three core physical areas and that's time talent and treasure and so time means giving of your time to things including things where there's no reciprocity like charitable service giving of your talent meaning i want to write a book i have the ability or the desire to sing to write to create to serve to coach to whatever 
And then treasure is your substance, your money, the things that have value that you can give away for, for someone else to have them. And, and, and how that, why it's so important is, you know, maybe that seems so obvious, but the, the truth is most people don't give of those qualities. They, all of these gifts are unconditional gifts, meaning they do not require any condition for you to start giving them, for you to start the flow. And so we look at something like time. And how do we think about giving our time to the things that matter most to us? It sounds something like this. I really want to go to the gym, but I don't have time. I'll have time when I'm working less, when I make enough money that I don't work, when my kids are back in school, when, when, when. And or it's uh, I don't have enough uh, talent yet to start giving it. Or I haven't had enough validation or proof that the talent I feel or the thing I want to express is good enough. So we're waiting. We're waiting, again, to have time to work on our talent. You see how they're connected. We wait yeah. for the validation. We wait till we think we're good enough, confident, sure. And the problem with waiting is that whatever you're waiting for, you're waiting with, and you're weighing it down. And this program is the ultimate weight loss program. <laughs> W-A-I-T and so, so you don't wait to give up your talent you know I was walking around giving talks in my underwear to my living room uh, that would be kind of odd if I was doing that in front of people but I was doing that before anybody was paying attention I was always giving whatever I had to give practicing it put on a concert for your cat if that's the only one listening right now mm. And I began to, to just give of that, to let that drip out until it became a flow and then a gusher. And as I did that, the things I was waiting for, like to discover that I'm good at it, to get validation at it, to have confidence in it, none of those things come until you start giving of it. And that's the big illusion. So as I began to do it, same with time, I was waiting to have the, the time. I had a bevy of excuses, a.k.a. rationalizations, why I didn't have time to give my time to the things that mattered most until I started making the time to give it. And then guess what happened? I started to have more time to give it in that area. And my life began to adjust to accommodate that. So all the things I was waiting for, the more time, only began to happen when I made time, when I gave time to the thing. When I, all the things I was waiting for to begin giving my talents only began to happen when I started where I was and began letting it drip and flow and gush. And then treasure, wanting to give my money to things that mattered most, which includes charitable, tithing, but also investing my substance in the things that mattered most, in my health, in my work, in my growing of my talents classes, programs, books, even when I said I don't have the money to do that, I did it anyways. And as long as I waited to have the money, guess what happened? I never had the mm. money. And so yeah. everything would conspire to reflect back to me exactly how much I was giving. And so as I began to give my money to charity, when I began to give my money to my development, I mean, give my money to the things that truly mattered most, lo and behold, more money started to show up.
So that's how that first gift operates. And that, you know, and that's so true because you, when we sit around and wait, nothing really happens. You have to take action and you can create time. People don't believe that, but when I'm dealing with clients and patients and I'll tell them just create the time, they don't understand how they can do it, but you can and you get more time when you create more time because if you take the time to do things like meditation, everything else in your life starts to flow a little bit more easily. You're not as reactionary. So I love that one. That's so great. That's That's so great. You said that one. That's one I used to use all the time. I said, you want more time? Spend more time in the timeless. And yeah. so, so the, and the thing about it is, um, yeah, you have to, you know, you said if you just sit there and wait, nothing will happen. That's not actually true. A lot will happen. You'll get, things will get a lot worse. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, things won't go the way you want them to just because you're right. waiting, but I think we all understood that. <laughs> yeah, they're either going to move forward and upward or backward and downward. If you wait and you don't give and flow, you will stagnate, you will diminish, and you will be on the process of death in that area. If you start giving right where you are, you'll begin the process of renewal, resurrection, expansion, growth, and full robust life in that area. Yes. Yep. Yep, and I've got someone in the chat room saying, living in the now, time is ir- irrelevant. And that's so true. <laughs> it is irrelevant. <laughs> no time really is irrelevant. That's so true. Oh, okay, so now let's go to the next one, giving away. Yeah. So this is a really powerful one. You know, all of this, remember I said it's all energy. Everything in your yep. life is energy. It's made up of energy. And the energy coagulates around a construct that is part of a story. So you're literally moving around through a material expression of your personal story. And your story is all the ways you believe things are possible or not possible, the things you think I am or I'm not. And so in your home, your car, your office, there's a lot of stuff in drawers and closets and cupboards and trunks that is just sitting there that is no longer moving energy. It's not energy in motion. It's just stagnation. And it's that stack of magazines that you bought one night on an infomercial and swore you'd read them, and years later you never have, but you won't throw them out because, damn it, I've got to read those or I've wasted my money. And that energy is lack. I've wasted it. I messed up. I can't move forward until I move backwards. And so that's a pile of stagnant energy. And and in all the ways you're holding on to things that are not in the present, bringing more life, bringing more joy, more juice, more expansion, you need to get rid of it because it's dead, stagnant energy. And it's symbolic of your mind and your body where the dead, stagnant energy is. And that means those channels are corroded and blocked. And the more of you can't get through and circulate. So as you start removing all the things that are not alive and active and progressive and adding life to you, you create a space where now the more that has been trying to come up will come up to fill it. And there will be more. It's not just that you'll get rid of the magazines, you'll have more magazines. You'll have the more that is here now for you, but that you couldn't get it. You couldn't allow it to flow. And I had a recent example of that with my partner. 
her mom was trying to sell her house, and they had had, I don't know, 30-some people show up, not a single offer. And uh, my partner knew my work and had been listening to me and went to her mom, and they went through the house, and especially the basement, which is the unconscious, Mm. and all the stored unconscious repressed emotions and grief and loss and unfulfilled dreams and all of that. And she basically helped her mom through a very emotional process of getting rid of a lot of it. The next day they had their first offer and the house sold and she's moving. (laughs) So so that's a a very direct example. And um, so it's really important to understand it's all the same thing. The seven gifts give you a way to address all the different dimensions in which we have become blocked or stagnant. And as you get the flow going in each one, your whole life opens up now. You become a transparency for the infinite, inexhaustible reality of good that's always available, wanting to unfold you know, more and more and more. And that's what this allows you yes. to do. Yeah, and oftentimes getting rid of the clutter allows you not to just get rid of the material clutter, but as you're as you're doing that, it's a good exercise in getting rid of the mental clutter that goes along with it, which is why. And that's probably what we're going to get into in the next one or two, giving exactly. up. You, you just got it, yeah. exactly. Bingo. See how it's actually almost oh, yeah. self-evident <laughs> that you were like, well, it would seem like, though, it turns out that is what the next one is giving up. Mm-hmm. And that is clearing mm-hmm. out all the debris and clutter and old magazines and and old patterns and furniture that's broken down and no longer serves any use, but you're just holding on to it because you believe someday I might need that. And so your mind is cluttered up. Your mind has become a hoarder's house and you can barely get through it. And you wonder why the new, fresh, inspired ideas and vitality and energy and genius can't come out of you. You think, I'm just not creative. I'm just not smart enough. I just don't know enough. I got to learn more, which what does that become? The more, it's just the hoarder going and buying yet another 12-pack of something at Costco and stuffing it in the back somewhere. And so there's nothing that can flow. You don't have access. You don't even know where anything is. I know I have a good idea somewhere. What did I bury it under? Is it under all these boxes of Kleenex and magazines? And, and that's why when you start releasing these patterns, which I show you how, suddenly the energy of your infinite intelligence starts to flow. And the wisdom and the genius and the clarity and the guidance and the ideas you need to be all you were meant to be start to now flow through your mind. And that is what can propel you forward as you go through this process. It's really, I loved the way that you set it all up because it made so much sense to me. It's like, yeah, okay, this is absolutely how it will, how it will work. And in 40 days, people can do this. Believe it or not, people, if you get this book, you will see that there are exercises and things to do. And it's, it's an easy read, but it also guides you in a way that is easy to understand and you will want to do more. You know, so I, I really liked that. So now the next one is giving in. Yes. So giving in. So as you're removing all of the clutter, starting to open up some of the channels you can, now the energy is flowing more. And what you start to become more aware of 
is what is trying to emerge now and next. And there's always something more trying to emerge. But what happens is it bumps up against your self-concept, your limited map of the world, your coping and defensive and protective mechanisms, and you fight it and you resist it. And you can't really see what it is because it's covered over by all the clutter in the mind, the stuck energy in your life, the places your channels have not been flowing. And as you now go through that, you start to become aware of where you are resisting life most. You start to become aware of what you want more. And giving in is another name for surrender, but it's not surrender that we think you're acquiescing to the problem. It's like what the acorn does when it feels the impulse of new life and it starts to fill itself with it. It gives in to the impulse of the oak. It gives in. It surrenders to that which is trying to emerge. And then lo and behold, as you let go of those last vestiges of resistance, something new, the next iteration of you, your life, your work, your relationships gets to break through the protective shell of your self-concept and new life grows and now you have a new self and a new life over and over and over again. And I think it's really great that you mentioned this is another way of saying surrender, but it is not, some people think it's like crying uncle. That's not it at all. That is not it. It's not that kind of giving in. Not at all. It's no. more of an yeah. It's like a, it's like an allowance. Yes, when you give when you give in or surrender to the condition, you are acquiescing to limitation. You're saying it's like if the acorn believed it was just a shell or a nut, and that this shell that protected it was the only thing keeping it alive, and it resisted it. All the acorn could ever be is maybe the best nut in the forest, but it can never become an oak tree. And so if the acorn surrendered as the shell is cracking and falling apart, the old surrender would look like the acorn going, well, I guess I'm done. My life's over. Everything's screwed up. I give up. I'm dead. It would just surrender its life force. And so that's the old model, and that's why people don't want to do it. And it's a good thing because it's not the thing they should do. You're only ever (laughs) surrendering to the more of you that's trying to emerge. Yes. And it's, I, I equate it sometimes to if you want something so badly, what do you do with your hands? And people will make them into fists. And I say, okay, now I want to give you something. How do you accept it? Your hands are closed. You yeah. can't. You have fists. You're resisting it. Beautiful. Exactly. To get more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so let's, let's do all of the rest of them, too. I mean, we might as well. We're on a roll here, and people are liking right. that. So giving right. thanks. I love this. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> of course, right? Now, there's a little bit of a new twist on it, perhaps, hopefully, is that when we start out, there's an arc of thank- thankfulness. There's a narrative. The first thing is I don't have anything to be grateful for. And then the second thing is, I need to find something to be grateful for. And then the next thing is I need to grow my muscle so I can be grateful for everything. And then finally you come back around to I am grateful for no thing, meaning I am a state 
of gratitude. That state of gratitude, which is not attached to anything, is the ultimate foundation of abundance. Because what is gratitude? It is the signal that the gift has been given already. And when you are a state of abundance or a state of gratitude without object, you are a consciousness that is basically saying and knowing the whole gift, all the gifts have already been given. And then that state cannot help but to manifest all of the gifts that life has already given you. And that's why in the Bible it says, to he who has more will be given and it will be multiplied. It's a state of having consciousness. But to he who has not, even what he has will be taken away. When you believe, when you are in the gratitude state without object, that is a state of ultimate having. The only signal coming from you is I have, I have, I have, I am. And everything will manifest from there. But when you're in a state where, well, I've got some, but I don't have this. I've got that, but I don't have this. Or when you think you need to have the million dollars, but all you have is 100, you will believe I have nothing yet. And that state of I have not will keep manifesting perfectly conditions that reflect back to you you do not have. And that will look like having less and less and less and less until you manifest perfectly the state, I have nothing. And that is so easy to do. Now, I will say this. When you're, uh, when you're trying to manifest and using the, the appropriate tools for whatever issue is at hand to manifest something, it is a whole heck of a lot easier to manifest something that is material that doesn't have a really tight hold on you than it is to manifest something that has an emotional grab. When the emotion comes into play, oh, that's when people really, it's the want, it's the have, it's I, I must have this, it has to be this way, and right. the emotion is involved. But when it's just, you know, experiments, when you experiment with people and say things like, just go find something you want, you know, it can be a pair of shoes, it can be a new outfit, whatever it is, they will manifest something like that relatively quickly. And that makes a whole bunch of sense to me because once you get that emotion, it does something to your heart. And to me, it's, it's living from your heart. And when you live from your heart and you can say, I can detach from my desire to st so strongly want this thing that I'm closing my hands into fists, I can just say, I know it's there. And thank you, like you said, for already. Before I start working on a client or a patient, I thank that they're already healed. I'm already thanking. It's the first thing I do before I even start anything. And because I know that this is how it, it can work. But I think emotion, and you must see that as well, emotion really makes it that much more difficult for people. Do you see that too? Yeah, well, you're making a really brilliant distinction. I love this, and I want to just unpack it a little bit. And that is yep. that it's about meeting what exists now. And if you can meet what exists now, you can see that you have something now. If it's just a penny and you just meet that and really have that penny and then be grateful for that penny, that is a state of infinite abundance. 
Now, the only problem that happens is then your mind moves away from the penny and goes, I don't have two pennies or three pennies. Now you've moved out of infinite abundance into total lack. And so it's the same thing when you go to the gym. If you can only do one push-up and you do it and you're like, yes, I did a push-up, now you have a state to build upon. If you go, I only did one push-up, I didn't do two, and now you try to do two, three, four, you end up straining yourself, hurting yourself, and now you can't do any. So the, the practice of gratitude in the moment is you must meet the moment of what it really is. I have this moment. In this moment, I have breath, I have life, I'm talking, I'm connecting. I have that. Nothing else matters because nothing else actually exists. And now I can hold that gift. I can have that gift. I can feel the gratitude and the abundance. And naturally from that state, the next way or thing to hold and have will emerge. Now I have this. Just this. And you don't go outside of the moment, which is fantasy or memory. You stay here. And brick by brick, penny by penny, push-up by push-up, connection by connection, you build a life of abundance. You manifest infinite, inexhaustible, ever-expanding abundance in your life. You know, it's so funny because (laughs) I... One day I got, I went to the mailbox, I opened up, and I opened up every envelope, and I opened up the envelope, and there was a penny with, like, rubber cement on it stuck to whatever it is they were promoting. And I was like, oh, thank you for the penny. And my husband was standing next to me, he goes, thank you for the penny. And I said, yeah, it's a penny. We didn't have this penny before. Now we're a penny richer. And I take it, and I put it in a piggy bank. And he looks at me like I'm out of my mind. And he says, it's just a penny. I said, today it's a penny. Tomorrow it could be more. (laughs) So the next day, I go and get the mail, and there's a nickel. And I said, thank you for the nickel. Wow. Is that true? Says, oh, that's brilliant. Yes. this is. Oh, no, it gets better. He, he says, I can't believe that. And I said, yep. A week later, I get a dime. And I'm like, thank you for the dime. And he says, how is this possible? And I said, I don't know. These, these put out these marketing things, and they want you to do something. I just throw the rest out and keep the, the penny, the nickel, the dime, whatever it is. Right. Then I got looked like a quarter. And he says to me, that, I said, thank you for the quarter. And he goes, that's not a quarter. I said, I know it's not a quarter. It's an angel quarter. And you know what? This little angel came to me to tell me everything's going to be okay. No matter what happens, we will have the money. So thank you for the money. It might not be a real quarter, but what's a real quarter worth anyway? They don't even make it out of the stuff that makes it worth a quarter. Right, so this right. is worth a whole lot more. <laughs> it yeah. was crazy. So what's what's brilliant right. about that, what's really brilliant about that is that here's the truth life or God or the universe or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't know quantity. It doesn't know time. It doesn't know space. It only knows isness and its isness is infinite. And so right there in the penny is infinite wealth. And that's why the great poet said something like to behold infinity in your hand, eternity in a grain of sand and something in a flower. He was trying to express in this moment, in whatever you can really be with, is everything. And if you can just be with it, moment by moment, everything will emerge in your life. And that is what you just, that's the practice you were in there. And that yep. is the practice we're teaching with the Abundance Project. 
And I can say it absolutely works because as I read your book, I thought, I do all this stuff. This is really crazy. It works. This is so good because you put it in a format where people can understand it. It's not academic. It's easy to understand. And most importantly and better still, it's easy to do, and it will work. So, you know, the Abundance Project, 40 Days to More Wealth, Health, Love, and Happiness, it truly does work. Okay, so let's go on to giving to yourself because people have difficulty with this. Giving to yourself. Yep, people have difficulty with that one. Right, so that's why I started it off with that in the beginning. And this is especially difficult for um, the feminine particularly the wounded feminine, which is what's happened from society saying to women, um, you know, your place is to be taking care of everybody else and not yourself. And so there's a shadow of selfishness and neediness. And, but it also happens with spiritual and heart centered people is that they got the message early on that it's not okay to have a lot, to want a lot, to need a lot, to ask for a lot. And so there's a very powerful shadow around selfishness where the, the programming is, I'm going to say no to my yes and yes to yours, and eventually, if I keep sacrificing myself to serve you, I'll get what I want or need. Of course, it never or ultimately die. works. Right. Or die. Well, that is where that program leads. You will die eventually, if not emotionally, yeah. then in some other way. So the, the healing of that is you have to embrace that shadow. You have to embrace this shame and guilt and fear that if I ask for what I want and get what I need and take care of myself, I will be a bad person and I will be rejected and judged and ultimately abandoned where I will become broke, broken, alone and die. And so you have to embrace that. And when you embrace the shadow of selfishness, you discover and listen to it. What does it really need? It will begin to guide you back to yourself, to self-care, to taking care of yourself And that is the way you start filling yourself back up. And then not only do you not become selfish in the shadow side, because the the light side of selfishness is no question, qualm, guilt, shame, or apology for totally taking care of your real needs and wants. That fills you up now. Now you're in a position to start circulating it, to start giving it away. And now what happens? You have more and more and more to give. Yep. And I want I knew you started with that, but I really wanted to drive that point home because I think it's important and it's just as important as the next one, which I also think people have difficulty with is forgiving. And sometimes it means forgiving you and sometimes when you it's harder to forgive yourself than it is to forgive someone else. Yeah. And so this is, you know, um I could do an entire program and probably will on forgiveness because there's actually I believe like seven stages of forgiveness. And I'll just briefly talk about a few of them, but there's the level of forgiveness that sounds like, well, you did me wrong. You're a jerk, but I'll, I'll forgive you because I'm better than you. That's one kind of forgiveness. It's kind of the one that happens a lot and it's not forgiveness. Yeah, it's at all, really, really not forgiveness. <laughs> right. And, and, it, and it goes from there to, you know, okay, you did yeah. wrong, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to think of you as a jerk because I'm better than you. I'm going to feel good about that. And, you know, then you stop there. And the next one is you did wrong, but I understand we only do wrong because we're hurting in some way. 
So I'm going to have compassion for you. And you did wrong. And I'm going to have compassion for you. And the next level is you did something wrong, but I really understand that actually it was because there was a wound and it also touched a wound in me. And as I love that part in me and forgive the part in me that it triggered, I get more of me back. And then I realize, actually, you were playing a part in the divine drama to help heal me. And now I'm going to love you and be grateful for you for playing that part like Jesus and Judas. If Judas didn't do Judas, Jesus couldn't have done Jesus. In every great drama, if the better the villain, the better the hero can become. So now you're like, wow. And then there's a final level of forgiveness. And that's where you realize behind the scene of the costumes and the drama, there is just love bowing to love and saying, I love you so much. I'm going to play this part of the bad guy so that you can know yourself and love more and you can learn to love me more. And you're like, thank you. I love you. Now let's go play. And now there's nothing to forgive. There's just an awakening to all that really is, which is love. And so that's the ultimate forgiveness. And here's I the final love thing that. And I w- go go, the final thing I just want to say real quick is look at the word. You are either forgiving or not forgiving. So if you're not forgiving, then you are for taking or for withholding. And we go back to the beginning of the call and the emergence principle, which is whatever's missing is what you're not giving. And so you begin to realize, wait a second, if I block that channel of love, joy, generosity to that person because they did something, I'm not hurting them. I'm blocking the only way more love and joy and generosity can come from me into my life. It's like the sun shining all of its beams, and people are like, stupid sun, I hate the sun, I'm going to put on lotion, put on a hat, close my blinds, and completely block the sun out. And the sun's like, that hurts so bad, how could you be such a sun hater? I'm going to shut that beam down pointing at you. And then another person, I'm going to shut it down over there, shut it down. Now, now, you see, you know, how's that? What happens to the sun eventually? It goes out. It dies. And so the ultimate realization of forgiveness is that as those things happen and you're tempted to shut that piece off, which is going to starve you and everybody you do care about from that particular quality, you now get strong enough to hold the channel of love open no matter what. And that means no matter what faces you, you will still be able to circulate the love, the life, the light, the truth, the joy, the generosity. You can face the devil itself, and you will turn the devil back into an angel because your love will be that strong. Oh, my God, what a great way to end this show. I can't believe an hour has gone by, Derek. We are almost out of time. (laughs) I mean, this is fabulous. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and your work and you know, your book, how they can get your book. Absolutely. So you can get the Abundance Project, obviously, wherever fine books are sold, Amazon. But if you want to get a bunch of real bonuses, live coaching, support, 
the Abundance Project Mastermind, where I can support you in really creating your own Abundance Project, you can go to www.theabundanceprojectbook.com. Not just theabundanceproject.com, but theabundanceprojectbook.com. Get it through there, through Amazon or whatever. Put your info, and we'll send you the programs, the coaching, and all of that to support you. You can also go to my emergence book or getemergencebook.com and also um, get that book and all the bonuses that come with that. And if you want, while you're waiting for your book to keep doing this work, you can check out the podcast on iTunes, the Abundance Project podcast, and Emergence podcast. And then finally, you can just go to DerekRydell.com, D-E-R-E-K-R-Y-D-A-L-L.com. And seriously, people, check this all out. It is amazing what you will see transforming your life. This is a transformation. This is not just information that's being given to you. This is a total transformation, how you can do this for yourself. You will be thoroughly amazed. And also remember that once you do it and you do the 40 days, you know, share it with people. You know, buy the book and give it as gifts. The holidays are coming, regardless of what we think. I know it's the middle of the summer, but, you know, they'll be here sooner than we realize. So think about that. Write it down somewhere and have that on hand. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need you to stay aware so you can navigate easily and live the life that you are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, visit my website, quantumwellness.org. And to find out more about Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We are run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries, stipends, or compensation of any kind to anyone. And you can learn more about that at SojiHuggles.org. And you can follow us on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. That was awesome. That's... That's the real meaning of, of dialogue. The dialogue back and yeah. forth expand each other, and you did it great. So I'm, I look forward to doing it again. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoy reading people's books and, and, and actually reading them. Because <laughs> I know some people say, I didn't read the book. And I'm like, seriously, you didn't read the book? How did you interview them? You know, yeah. and it's like, no, I have to read the book. And, it, you know, you're giving me a gift by letting me read the book and you're on my show. So now I'll go to Amazon and Goodreads and do a review for you. And I'll send a link to the show to um, Noelle. And uh, so you can have that for whatever. And seriously, keep me in mind. I'd love to talk forgiveness with you. I love your work. As I said, I have been following you on various webinars. I think you were on like Darius's webinar and a couple yeah. of others. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever you're on, it's like, oh, Derek's going to be on. i got to listen to this. So I oh, appreciate the work you. that you're doing. And um, you have certainly helped a lot of people. And I wish you all the best with your family. So, you know, good luck thank with you. all of that. And uh, thank you for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. It was really, really a pleasure. And I look forward to doing it again. And, um, yeah, have an awesome rest of your week. Yes, you as well. You take care. All right. You take care, too. Bye. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thanks.